Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our broadcast today. We have had some kind of uh, problems this morning with the camera not working and not connecting to this site and that site and all those fun things that, that seem to go wrong uh, at certain times uh, when you don't need them to. But praise God, we just keep pressing on and, and moving on forward. And today we're going to begin Hebrews chapter 2. And uh, it's going to be a great, great broadcast and I'm excited about it. We've had a great first chapter, 11 sessions in chapter 1 of Hebrews. And, and uh, again, I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson and glad to be here sharing the word with you. In the morning, in the morning, don't forget, 9 a.m. we will be broadcasting 2 Timothy chapter 3 is where we are. So make sure you tune in in the morning. We are YouTube Live now, found, uh, you know, just uh, we, we were kind of under attack this morning. And uh, so now uh, it, it looks like it might even turn out better that we can do YouTube Live instead of Facebook Live. And anyway, I think more people probably would watch there anyway. So praise God for the outcome of all this today. And again, it's going to be a great chapter two in Hebrews has so very much meat on the table <clears throat> that we need to be partaking of in these last days. So grab your Bibles, and I, I prayed, and I pray that the Lord will give you what you need, give me what I need, and we can enter on into a greater picture of Christ, a greater experience of Christ, and we would each day find ourselves laying hold on His righteousness and, and who He is as our life. Glory to God. I, the best days are ahead for the believers. That's a guaranteed promise. The world's getting darker, but the path we're on is getting brighter. Proverbs 4.18 promises that. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore we, the Christian, ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. See, this is so crucial. And again, it proves here right at the onset of chapter 2 in Hebrews that, uh, again, what Hebrews 5 uh, mentions, that we could end up babes and end up babes too long. Instead of moving on and growing and maturing and learning to partake of the meat, we could try to stay on the milk for years. And let me tell you something, God won't allow it. I used to think that a Christian could be on the milk all their lives, but I don't believe that anymore. I believe Hebrews chapter 5 is a wake-up call to those who have been on the milk far too long, wherever they might be, whoever they might be. And, and, and as you roll right into the sixth chapter of Hebrews, you see there the alternative for not repenting and choosing to grow and to go on in the things of the Lord and to partake of the meat and to become skillful, experienced in the word of righteousness as it pertains to our experiential growth each and every day. Hallelujah. Again, let me say that. Hebrews chapter 5 is a wake-up call for those who've been babes on the milk too long, just stuck there, no growth, no, no things of God. And, 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 and chapter 6 is the result, a part of chapter 6, is the alternative for those who refuse to repent 
and to begin to grow again in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in the way that the end of Hebrews chapter 5 tells us we have to. So here we see it earlier before we ever get to that part of Hebrews. Therefore, we ought to. Therefore, what, what for? Because chapter 1 reveals that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is superior and has the supreme power over angels and everything that happened under the old covenant. No matter what it was, how powerful and mighty of a move of God it was, Jesus has come. He is supreme over all everything. Moses, angels, the prophets, they all pointed to Him. Hallelujah. And we need to make sure that we are looking unto Him today. And He is our salvation. He is our rock. He is our chief cornerstone. He is our life. and every, He is our access to God. Without Christ, we have nothing. But hear me clearly, without faith in His sacrificial work at the cross, we cannot be saved. Let's make it clear. Without faith, even as a Christian without faith in his sacrificial work today, tomorrow if it comes. The object of faith is his death, his sacrificial work. Never forget that. If you do, you will either be stuck and not able to grow and you know you won't or you will think you are in only a form and, and calling things that are not the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit. You need to, you need to know that. In, in heaven right now, J John was allowed to, to peer into heaven, to, 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 to get a glimpse of what was going on in the heavenly city. And do you know what he saw? He saw one that had one that was as a lamb that had been crucified. He didn't say, I saw one resurrected in power and glory. He said, I saw one as though had been slain as a lamb. That's right. Heaven's focus is the one who's been slain as the lamb. Oh yes, Jesus is resurrected. Make no doubt about it. He's at the right hand of the Father. But when John was able to look into the heavenlies, this is New Testament. This is New Covenant. He's allowed to look into the heavenlies and he saw one as had been slain as a lamb. You need to get that. Hallelujah. You need to get that. The focus is the Lamb of God. Jesus walked every step Jesus took while he was on this earth. He, every step he took was a step of righteousness until he got to the cross where he did the work of righteousness. That work that opened the door that invited you and I in to be righteous and to be able to become servants of righteousness <clears throat> and to be able to bear the fruits of his righteousness. You need to understand that. His entire life, his walk and his steps were headed to the cross, to carry the cross, to, to bear our sin for us. And Psalms 85 verse 13 says that righteousness went before him and has set us in his steps. Hallelujah. Don't think... Don't think that you go beyond the cross when Jesus taught you got to deny yourself every day to be able to take that cross up 
and to follow him. Hallelujah. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed. That word earnest means super abundant. I wrote it down here. I got the definition right from the Strong's. I hope you do the same thing. The word earnest means super abundantly. Check this out. Therefore, we ought to give the more super abundant heed, attention to, focus. Uh, 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 what's the word? Uh, constant uh, uh, diligence. There it is. Diligence. We all, we all, every day we ought to be looking at who Christ is and what he did for us at Calvary and that righteousness and mercy and love and grace and peace and joy and everything that comes through the sacrifice. Not, not through the sacrifice uh, 20 years ago and then today I can just trust in all sorts. No, the, the, that's what's wrong. That's what's caused the church to be crippled and paralyzed and, and have to start making things up like it's how long your sleeves are or it's how long your hair is or it's how much money you do this with or how much you eat on this day or how much you don't. All that stuff comes into play and can only produce form if you don't know the object of faith is the lamb slain. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When you know that though, you're going to find that lively hope. You're not going to have to pretend and get together on Sunday and smile and act like you're in agreement with everybody when you know in your heart there's just something wrong you can't put your finger on. Well, this is it. This is what it's been for years that you knew was wrong. You just couldn't put your finger on it. Hallelujah. Well, when, when God showed you the cross as it pertains to your daily living, those of you who he has, my goodness, now you have found out that is what you just didn't understand. You tried this. You tried everything that come along. I heard some stories this past weekend that had me laughing till tears were in my eyes about people passing phones around in churches and got a picture of a cloud uh, on the phone in the shape of a butterfly and they'd pass that down the aisles of church and, and when they'd get the phone and look at that butterfly shaped cloud they'd start jerking like that was the Holy Ghost uh, they, they'd be, the preacher would be talking about something and they'd hit that low bass note Tickle me so, so I mean I shouldn't be laughing, I should be crying over the spiritual witchcraft and, and the flesh and the sin nature that's dominating these people because they don't know the way in which the Holy Spirit works. And my friend, he only works one way. Let me finish that. When the preacher's up there talking about chains and, and deliverance and the bass player just hits that lowest of the low bass note on that bass, and you know a bass can just make the wall seem like like they rattle when it gets real low. And man, when he'd hit that low note, my friend told me, he said everybody in the church would start jerking like they get the Holy Ghost because of a note played on a bass guitar. Come on, because of a cloud shaped like a butterfly. Come on, God works in the truth. Psalms 33, 4. For the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. Ties right in to Romans chapter 8, verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That means faith in his death has made me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed, the superabundant focus and diligence to the things we have heard. Glory to God. Lest at any time we should let them slip. That means pass away. Don't think they can't. Read the book of Galatians. When you come back to the cross, my friend, and you get out from among those that are not preaching the cross, and their focus is not the cross, the Word of God is going to, at that 
moment begin to shine into your heart. When you come back to the cross, my friend, the faith in the blood and the blood of Jesus alone, the Word of God is going to light up in your heart like never before. Hallelujah. God makes His light to shine out of darkness. And that darkness is death. The very darkness that, that Jesus died in at Calvary. Hallelujah. The darkness of sin. God made His light shine out of that darkness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And because of that, we ought to give the more earnest heed, the superabundant focus and diligence, never to let our minds move away from Christ and Him crucified. Because if we do, they can slip away. It's a slow fade. It's a slow fade. We, we begin to value that preacher, value that group of people. and uh, They don't seem quite as rough as those cross preachers. Uh, they, they make me feel a little more loved than them cross preachers. I got news for you. Noah just kept banging that hammer and man, I'm a t he did not appear to be a man of love, but he was preaching the message of love. Glory to God. Jesus didn't show up on this earth and just tell us God loved us. He had to lay his life down and raise it up again to prove God loves us. You need to know that today. You, it's not about just feelings and emotions and loving people and doing for people. It's about sharing the truth of the gospel with people. And no matter if they get mad or not. See, when folk don't like hearing about the cross, that's a temptation toward us. We're being tempted because every, all these preachers that are refusing to come back to Calvary, all these preachers that are refusing to let go of all the fads, and that's all they are, witchcraft avenues, and to come back to the cross, that's a temptation on us because the enemy in our flesh looks at that and we say, well, do they know something we don't know? Or, but see, the issue is they don't have Scripture for what they believe. They, and when they open the Scriptures, they, they don't see them in the light of the one who said he is the light through what he did to become the light for us at the cross. Hallelujah. At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light. Hallelujah. Glory to God, where I first saw the light. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Watch this now. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest, superabundant heed, focus, attention to diligence to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them, and see, it's up to us. I'll stay focused and hooked up in, to that one object of faith God has given me, His Son, Jesus, and what He did at Calvary, or I'll, I'll let the lust of my flesh because I fear men, or I, or I fear not having enough money, or I, or I fear something other than just walking in the fear of the Lord. I'll let, I'll let those things, uh, my flesh will lust after them. That's right, that's what James wrote, that you know we'll never be able to blame false prophets, although they'll be judged for what they've done. They will be judged. But at, at the judgment seat of Christ, nor at the great white throne judgment, there will be no blame game. There will be no excuses. It will just be, it will not be me and them and him. Them are excluded. It will be me and him. That's it. Won't be no finger pointing at the judgment because it's all been my choice. It's all been your choice. It's all been that which I choose. I choose to trust in Christ and Him crucified or I choose to go my own way. I can even choose to 
think that it's Christ, yes, and what he did at the cross, yes, but we also, no, but we, the, hear me clearly, the but we also eliminates us from the grace he tasted by, uh, through death. Do you understand that? If we don't, Give the more er, the more earn. How many Christians do you know right now who are given the more earnest heed, super abundant focus, diligence, attention to the things we've heard? And again, you get over to Hebrews five, and you've got a, a sleepy, dull of hearing bunch of babies still on the milk. And the writer there says that they ought to all have been on the meat by now. All ought to be teaching what they know. And they're still gathering just to hear the same old principal things again. Been talking about the resurrection, the rapture for the last 40 years when they get together. Been, talk, been talking about water baptism for the last 40 years. It's time to go on in the experience of God's words of righteousness bearing out that which is evil and good in our own hearts, hallelujah, for the sake of growth because when we're growing, Jesus is being magnified and God our Father is being glorified, hallelujah. When we're not growing, when we're not being changed, when we're not in the process, Christ is not being magnified and God our Father is not being glorified. We need to wake up under righteousness and sin not, hallelujah, 1 Corinthians 15, 34. Awake to righteousness and sin not. That means begin to discern that which is holding you paralyzed and crippled, which is a, uh, uh, an individual not giving the more earnest heed to those things they've heard and becoming teachers of those things they've heard. I'm going to tell you, I'm not being ugly, but the most of Christianity today has let what they heard slip. I was one of those in years past. But I had a wake-up call. The wake-up call, the, the only avenue that the Christian can awaken to righteousness is awaken to the avenue through which it comes. The cross of Christ. We must come back to faith in and focus on and full attention to that which the Holy Spirit works according to. The sacrifice of Christ. Watch this now. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, think about that now. What? How shall we escape? And we'll go back and cover verse 2. i got something I want to share with you on that. How shall we escape? Now I know those who are hung up in this heresy of once saved, always saved and can't ever lose their salvation and, and, and can't ever uh, walk in a place where they can't be profited of Christ or affected by Christ as Galatians says we can uh, and all the things we're told not to do because we can and all the avenues through which we're told we can be cut off, plucked out, name blotted out. Uh, they, 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 because they're hung up in that heresy, they can't see many things they need to see in the new covenant. And, you, and listen, you can't get held up because they're held up. You, you, you can't grow complacent because they're complacent. You, 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 you've got to continue to keep giving the more earnest, the more super abundant heed, focus, attention to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, 
And that means proved. It was proved. And every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? The salvation and the fullness of who Jesus is and what He's provided through His cross. Listen, if there were disobedience rewarded under the old covenant, how much more do you think it's going to be under the new? To whom much is given, much is required. And God gave everything when He gave His Son. God gave everything. We get everything when we get Jesus. When we're walking with Jesus, we can walk in expectation of everything He died to give us. If you're walking with Him, which can only happen through faith in His sacrificial work at Calvary. Amen. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him. And I think that little phrase right there probably gives us a little light that it wasn't one of the apostles, I'm sorry, one of the uh, 11 apostles who, the first 11, not counting Judas, who, who walked with Jesus, that it wasn't one of them who wrote this. Might mean we might see a little glimpse into it being possibly Paul here or someone else. Ultimately, we can say the Holy Spirit wrote it. But let's read that again so you can see that. It's right here for you to see. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us, whoever us is that wrote this letter of Hebrews, confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Apparently the writer of Hebrews didn't walk with him and didn't hear him personally. So get that. Think about that. It's right there in your Bible. But I want to go back to verse 3, the first part of this. How shall we escape? How shall we escape? If we neglect. If we neglect. You know what that word means? I have it written here for you to be careless of, to make light of, to be negligent, not to regard it like we should. Have we done that? Yes, we have. Is it time to stop doing that? Yes, it is. We need, listen, when we get caught by the Lord, red-handed, going through the motions where we're not just on fire and all about and being consumed with the love of God through faith in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and, and seeing the Word of God in that context. You need to hear me today. We're growing complacent. We're grow, growing sluggish. We're becoming like those written to in Hebrews chapter 5. And again, you need to pay attention. Hebrews 6 rolls us right into the alternative for not repenting, and that is falling away. How shall we escape? He's saying it right here before he ever gets that far. How shall we escape? If we neglect, if we carelessly handle, if, if we don't give a superabundant focus and attention to the cross of Jesus Christ, if we don't look for that sacrificial work on every line, every jot, and every tittle in the Word, Jesus said the Scriptures are about Him. But what is it that we find hope and life in the Scriptures through? Jesus 
and what he did as the lamb. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My goodness, how could you not be fired up about the cross? How could you hear the message of the cross and not get excited about it, not come back to it, not want to be around those who are preaching this and sharing this singularly, just like the apostle Paul did. God forbid we find our boast in anything else, and that means we're not going to be preaching nothing else. God forbid we, we boast in anything other than Christ and Him crucified, that which eliminates me being tied to the world, and it eliminates the world having a hold on me. We've been separated. We've been crucified to the world and the world unto us. God forbids that we boast in anything else. God forbids that we let this that we've been given slip away. You've heard of older men in the church looking at young men and young women come in born again on fire for God and the older ones say, well, it'll, they'll burn out just like we did. and you know, they'll, 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 Their fire will go out. Like, and and they, they think that's normal, my friend. No, that's growing complacent. Let me tell you something, you 60, 70, 80-year-old Christians. You've been Christians for, oh my goodness, you've been Christians almost all your life and, and instead, of, uh, instead of from a child's praise in the Sunday school and a child's praise and happy and joyness and, 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 you know, and being excited about the things of Jesus, listen, you ought to be giving the more earnest heed to praising the Lamb. You ought to be more outspoken. You ought to be more showing forth more of the praises of him who called you out of darkness. It ought not be the other way. But you can see the same thing in, in Christians' marriages. The wife and the husband growing apart, spending more time separately or when they have to be together, they just have to put on a show because they, they just really, you know, it, there's that friction and awkwardness there that instead of growing more intimate through the years, Listen, if you're growing more intimate with Jesus as a husband and a wife, I speak of Christians, you're going to be more intimate with each other. You're going to want to be around each other. And Christians are going to want to be in church. Christians are going to want to be in prayer. Christians are going to want to be in the Word if you're giving the more earnest heed, hallelujah, to the things which you've heard. Because if you're not, the alternative is that it's going to slip away. There is no middle ground where I'm not, well, I'm not really doing what I know I should be, but at least I know there is no at least I. Uh-uh. There is no at least I. That's the comments the devil throws in. Just like when someone starts getting close to mentioning the things about, well, we need to change. We can be conformed. To, you know, and Boy, we get convicted and all of a sudden we pull out that bag of goodies the devil's put before us and just like his little puppets, we start saying, well, ain't nobody perfect. Well, we won't be like him till we get to be with him in the clouds. And, and, and you, know, uh, you, know, we, we, we're, you know, all these things, all the, we say all these things that are factual statements, but they're factual statements that keep us paralyzed and crippled and neglecting that which we should be on fire about consumed with what Jesus did for us at Calvary. Come on now. I'm telling you what the Bible says. If we don't give the more earnest heed to the things which we've heard, they're going to slip. There ain't no other alternative. It's, we're, we're all focused and fired up about what Jesus did for us, learning the Word of God in that context and not leaving that to go out on some wayward limb, some, some, some wayward avenue. No, my friend, we stay the course. 
We deny ourselves daily of anything that would come along and cause us to take it up. Any of these fads and these lies that we've been told for the last 80 to 100 years about what true faith is. Listen, the true faith is the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us. And that out of that faith, we've been measured a portion, hallelujah, of that faith. And all this other stuff about faith is uh, you declare, no, 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 no. Faith is what Jesus tasted death by the grace of God through. Hebrews 2, 9. Boy, I can't wait to get to those scriptures right in this second chapter. There's so much in this second chapter. There's so much in this second chapter. We're going to see in this second chapter of Hebrews that Jesus had to do what he did at Calvary, taste death by the grace of God. We're also going to see in this second chapter how Jesus didn't defeat the devil through the resurrection like unbiblical belief, people who don't believe the Bible. They say they do, but they don't. Because this second chapter says Jesus took the power of death away from the devil through his death. Can't wait to get to that. See, those who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying are those who just take God's Word as it is written in the light of the one who said he's the light and what he did to become that light to them. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ and him crucified. I hope you understand that. I hope you understand that. that this is why Isaiah said to, to, to the people of old, he said, in seeing, they see not. In hearing, they hear not. They can see what's written, but they can't see it because they're choosing to look through some other lens other than that precious blood. They can hear the preachers of the cross preaching, but, but they can't hear what the Spirit is saying because they're choosing to listen through some other avenue but the blood. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, you wouldn't believe it if I told you, but I got to tell you, we're out of time. Let's try to tune in in the morning at 9 a.m for the second Timothy teaching. We're going to love tomorrow's teaching. We're going to love the rest of this book of Hebrews if Jesus tarries. I believe he's probably coming tonight though. So I'm looking for him anyway. And if he doesn't come today, that only means one thing. He's coming tomorrow. My goodness, it's any day now. This era is about to close out and Jesus is coming for his church. Praise God. I hope you've been blessed today. I hope you, instead of just disagreeing with Brother Curtis that, you, that you'd have your Bible to look at. And I hope you can see what's written. And if you can believe what's written, then you can hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church today and He can guide you into the truth of God's Word. Hallelujah. Don't forget to pray for us. Don't forget to sow into the ministry for the preaching of the cross to go forth in many, many more avenues. Thanks to your help, the Bibles, Expositor Study Bibles, seven a week going into the prison system. And just thankful for that opportunity each and every week to mail those seven Bibles off to those inmates. And I just praise God for your help in all of that. Church planning, and I tell you what, God is on the move among those who've got their faith in the cross. And we better understand that's where he's moving. That's where the power is where the preaching of the cross is. Hallelujah. So you can sow into the ministry at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. We love you. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.